0: Hey guys, my name is Desmond Leong, and welcome back to another exclusive podcast from IonFX. This time, we're going to be talking about one of the most popular technical analysis methods, which are trend lines. We'll talk about some of the most popular questions that revolve around trend lines, which are mainly: which time frame is it best to use them on? And do you consider the weeks, or do you not consider weeks when you are drawing them? How many touches is required for it to be considered? A valid trend line, you know, is it two, is it three, is it four? Um, What markets can you use trend lines on? And finally, how exactly do you trade them? So, anyway, before we begin tackling those questions, I think one of the most important um, thing that we need to define is what exactly is a trend line. So, for those of you guys who are listening in on this podcast, right, there are um, trend lines. Just imagine you you drawing uh, any straight line. On a chart, right? Um, it's not necessarily a horizontal line so or vertical lines, but instead um lines that are sloping up and lines that are sloping down. So those are called trend lines. Alright, it is used very widely in trading. A lot of people use them in conjunction with um with channels. For example, channels are something like parallel um two trend lines, two parallel trend lines. Right. Uh, some people use it in conjunction with moving averages, uh, to determine, uh, the momentum of a market. Some people use it in conjunction with like the Ichimoku cloud, right? Uh, to also determine the momentum of the market. It's used mainly, right? To determine, um, you know, where price might bounce from, you know, every time it approaches the trend line. Um, and if it breaks a trend line, you know, it's good to, um, usually use to suggest a change in the momentum. Alright, so now that we roughly have an idea of what trend line is, right, um how people tend to use it is they tend to connect the lows, right, the lows, um, the low points of um or rather some people call it the trolls, right, of prices, you know, as it's going up or as it's going down. Right. Um but some questions, uh some of the common questions is, you know, when we're using trend lines, what what time frame is it best to use them on? Right? There's the one minute time frame, there's a five minute, you know, um thirty minutes, one hour, four hours, one day, one week, one month, right? You can go on and on. Right? The, the the answer to this rather is the is actually revolves around the reliability of um the different time frames. So when it comes to the smaller time frames, such as the one minute, the five minutes, the fifteen, and even maybe the thirty minutes, right? There is a lot there's a lot more noise during um, in those time frames meaning that the any technical analysis approach that you use right will be less effective right because there you know there are naturally less people that look at the one minute time frame compared to the one hour time frame right and because of that you know when naturally the lower time frames I, i would tend to try to avoid the lower time frames right so a good approach to actually um, to tackle this question on which time frames is, is it best to use them on is actually to take um in technical analysis we call it a top-down approach, right? Meaning that we go from a higher time frame down to a lower time frame. Alright, that means we can go from the one day time frame, go down to the four hour time frame, then go down to the one hour time frame, drawing trend lines on all of them. Now it's important when um it's important to consider this thing called time frame sensitivity right um meaning and this is not only for trend lines you know this can be used for any um technical analysis that you use uh, meaning that you don't want to overstretch yourself um or go crazy you know go crazy with analyzing every single time frame when when you are doing technical analysis because that's just going to lead you to um, paralysis um this thing called um analysis paralysis right so for example when you if if you are trading the 5 minute time frame you should not need to care what happens on the one-day time frame? You should not need to care what happens on the one-week time frame because you know the the, the distance between a five-minute bar and a one-day bar is just way too far. Right? It's that there's that in terms of the time frame sensitivity, you know, it's is is very, very weak. But what you see on the one-day time frame and a four-hour time frame, you know, very closely linked. What you see on a four-hour time frame and a one-hour time frame is very closely linked. Right? So the answer to this question is more of um, start from a higher time frame usually if you are a um, day trader right you can consider uh, the four hour and one hour time frame right if you are a swing trader meaning that you take trades beyond a um, that lasts longer than a day you know can consider the one day time frame followed by the four hour time frame and if you're a long-term trader you can consider the one week time frame and then zoom in on the one hour time frame right i would try to avoid um, trend lines on the smaller time frames like the one minute and five minutes because they tend to be a lot less uh, reliable. Moving on, the next question we're going to look at is do we consider the wicks or do we not consider the wicks when we're drawing trend lines? The short answer to the question is yes we do and it's because it reduces the subjectivity when drawing trend lines because you see when you use the wicks you are using the same high and the same low point universally across all the other time frames for example what i mean by that is a 1 hour candlestick stick is made up of four different closing prices uh, if you if you break it down into the 15 minute candlesticks and if you break it down into the 5 minute candlesticks it is made up of 12 different closing prices so if you actually try to use the closing prices it will leave too much uh to subjectivity. However, if we use the lowest price or highest price as captured by the wicks during that time frame, you know, it will always be the same price, you know, no matter which time frame you look at. And that is why we use the wicks when we are drawing trend lines. One other common question we have is how many touches is required for it to be considered a valid trend line. So when it comes to drawing trend line, we need to hold ourselves to a very high. standard, a very high requirement. Otherwise, every single, um, line could practically be a trend line. And that would lead us to, um, take a lot of wrong trades. Right. So when it, when it comes to deciding how many points is required, two is what I call a coincidence. Three, three touches on the trend line, um, is the minimum number required for it to be considered a valid trend line. So, if, if, if you look at your charts, right, if you look at your charts and you start drawing trend lines, if you notice that, you know, we've got one point and two point that lines up nicely, right, that is still a pending trend line. It's not confirmed yet. Only when there's a third bounce. And usually, um, you'll uh, be even nicer if it, you know, catches it right on the, uh, the, on the extreme, uh, end of the week, right, then you can consider it as a valid trend line. And, and so I'll, I usually get a question, you know, what markets can you use trend lines on? And, the answer to this is that um while you can use it on practically any market the best markets that they tend to work on are markets where there are um is a lot more liquid there's a lot more liquidity and there's a lot less um there's a lot less volatility. Uh, what I mean by volatility is not that it doesn't go up or go down but rather when you when you look at the candlesticks you want to see less wicks right um if you, you just try to pull up one of those emerging markets like dollar cnh or dollar sgd right dollar zar right you will notice that there are a lot of wicks when you're looking at the candlesticks right um there means uh the the candlesticks are not clean right there are there's a lot of shadows you know that the, there's there's a body but there's also a pretty long shadow from almost every single bar that you see now the problem with that is that when you're using especially when you're using wicks to draw candlesticks that leads you to um have a lot of you know um That leads you to having more inaccurate candlesticks. Uh, no, I mean, more inaccurate trend lines because you're, you're trying to line up the wicks and, um, and with all these different wicks, you know, you might firstly pick the wrong one. Secondly, right across different brokers, you've got different price feeds. So your, some wicks are higher, some wicks are lower. So what looks like a trend line on one broker might not be a trend line on the other broker, right? And that also leads us to another point where you, it's, it's, it's sometimes better to look at uh, to draw trend lines on markets where there's, um, you know, they usually operate through a central exchange. Meaning, if you look at, you know, um, for example, when you look at euro dollar, right, there there's a hundred different charts on hundred different uh, from hundred different brokers on euro dollar. But you look at Tesla, right? Everything is traded through Nasdaq, right? So you, you know that you know the the price points you're looking at is universally the same, right? Um, across all brokers, or uh, you know, it's roughly the same across all brokers. Right, so that's that's one thing that uh, you should consider, right? So things like you know, uh, looking at some futures, looking at um, gold, oil, right? Looking at um, the popular um, stocks out there, right? And the SM- even the indices like S and P, um, Hang Seng Index, Nikkei, right? They tend to work better with trend lines because remember, with trend lines is always a question of subjectivity, right? And with this, um, with this. Um, what's the word for it? With these markets, right? Because they, um, those at least, at least those who work through a, a centralized exchange, there's a lot less um, subject, subjectivity. Uh, there's a lot less room for misinterpretation of the prices, and that leads us to our last question: on you know, finally, how how do you trade these trend lines? Right. So there are, there are two main ways to trade trend lines. There's the, there's the trend line bounce or the trend line reversal where, you know, imagine if you have an ascending trend line, a trend line that slopes upwards, right? There, there are two ways to play this. One is you can, when price touches a valid trend line, you know, you can, you can play the bounce. So each time it touches it, you play the bounce. Each time it touches it, it play, you play the bounce, right? And then the, um, there is the descending trend line where you can imagine there's a trend line that that is descending, you know, sloping downwards. Each time price touches the trend line, um, you know, you play a, you play a, you go, you go short, right? You play a reversal. It touches there, you know, you play a reversal. So that, that, that's what I mean by playing the bounce and playing the reversals. So that is one way you can play trend lines. And the other way is, um, playing the breakouts. So same thing, you know, imagine you have an ascending trend line, a trend line that slopes upwards. Right. So each time price touches it, yeah, you know, it, um, it, the bounce might occur, right? But you can also, you can also play the, the breakout. So when price closes, right? Price closes below the trend line, right? That's an indication that price might be breaking out. Right. So in these kind of cases, right, if, if it's a, if it's a ascending trend line, a breakout will mean that you, you, you go short, right? You start selling because you expect prices to have a bearish, we call it a bearish breakout and prices to drop strongly from there. Usually it is better this works better when you combine it with multiple different um uh, multiple different studies like so for example if it not only does it break out from the um, do a bearish breakout from the ascending trend line if it also breaks the ichimoku cloud right if it also breaks a horizontal support level right that is additional indications right, that the breakout is a successful breakout, you 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 ultimately want to look at multiple different factors that line up together to confirm the move, right, is there um, bearish divergence, you know, on the stochastic, bearish divergence on the RSI, does it break out uh, from the Ichimoku cloud, is there a channel that it breaks out from, right, so these are all different things to consider, even the breakout, the breakout that occurs, you know, look at the price action, you know, is it uh, three, you know, three black crows, right? Because which is a very strong price action pattern to suggest a nice reversal. Or, you know, does it form something like um, a doji, right? Which has a, a weaker strength, more indecision, right? So, when it comes to these kind of trading strategies, right, it, usually they, um, they don't work, uh, that well in isolation. They work to better when they're together, right? They work better. When they are together, you combine multiple different studies together to get a clearer, more high probability setups. So once again, long answer to a short question on how you trade trend lines. You can play the bounce, you can play the breakouts, you can play the reversals, and you can also play the breakouts. But the one key thing to keep in mind is that try to um, try to combine multiple studies together to give yourself the highest probability of a successful trade. Now that's it from me, guys. I hope you found this exclusive podcast from IonFX helpful, especially in understanding how to use trend lines to trade more effectively. Uh, and if I may remind everyone, you know, to please subscribe so you don't miss out on our other podcasts, where you know we do our best to guide you and teach you how to be a profitable trader.